Yo, entrepreneurs! thanks for tuning into the podcast. This is the place to help you start and build a disruptive brand and impact the universe. You're locked into the grind where we give you the inside track, what goes on behind the scenes while we start our new business. Hopefully you'll learn what it takes to launch a successful brand as we share our learnings with you. I'm Matt Thorne, aka Sketchy Media. I'm Phil Kemish, aka Phil Kemish. And I'm Nish Solanke, just Nish Solanke. Welcome to this special startup story where we get the lowdown from Lohan Presner, the man behind one of the biggest brands in music, the iconic Ministry of Sound. We chat about his journey from organizing raves and misbehaving to building spaces for people to work and play in with his new venture, the Ministry Workspace. And we get his top tips when building a startup in 2020. This is one not to be missed. Let's get right into it. Yes, Branchpreneur, we're back and we're back live in the cinema room at the Ministry. And I'm so excited because I've been trying to get this guy on the podcast for the last year. Had to book him a year in advance, but we've got him. You've probably danced to records that he has put out. If you're like me and Matt, you would have raved in his club around the corner. Please give it up for the man behind the ministry, Lohan Presner. Can I just jump in and ask what the, the biggest track or the most successful track has been? The one that's like the biggest. Oh God, that's difficult. Um, different records, <laughs> different times, different artists, I suppose the the one that was the biggest in terms of being number one in the most countries and going the furthest was Call On Me, Eric Prids. Yeah, I was going to say that. Um, so that was quite research. a bit. That was a good video. Yeah. <laughs> oh, was there a video? <laughs> didn't there, didn't someone remember. fall off their chair when they saw that? Uh, I, I Tony Blair? Uh, Tony Blair fell off his running machine. When he saw the video? His rowing machine. Yeah, great story, yeah. yeah. That, that's when you know you've got a viral video. Yeah. That was one of the first videos that I remember people like going, this is incredible, there's a video, there's a piece uh, of marketing. That was like no, genius. My marketing director called me, I was driving into work that morning, and he said, go to a petrol station, get the Daily Mail. So I pulled in and uh, opened up and there was a double page spread, classic Daily Mail, and the headline was, is this the most disgusting music video ever made? <laughs> and it was a double page spread with loads of photos of the most disgusting music video that was ever made. It's a classic Daily Mail piece. Yeah, yeah. I just cried. I thought we'd made it at that point. Free PR. <laughs> so you, just a quick background, you did how many years at the Ministry of Sound? Well, I'm still there. Still but, there, uh, yeah. I hit 20 years this year. Wow. <laughs> Give up for 20 years. years. Absolute hero. That's incredible. 20 years, man. It's, I know, I don't look that old. No, you no, don't. No, thanks very much. It's like, how <laughs> Just older than your son. Your son's in here today, isn't he? There's Louis, yes. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Ministry of Sound to the Ministry Now. We want to talk a little bit. We're going to focus more on the Ministry Now, I think, because it's interesting. It's almost a startup for you. One, I love how you took the brand the Ministry of Sound and made it the Ministry. That, that, that move there for me is absolute genius when it comes to just how do you keep the brand, how do you keep that kind of theme running through? Because people would think record label, workspace, completely different businesses, but there is a link. You wouldn't believe the arguments we had over the name. That, really? They went on for six months. This was originally going to be called Soundworks. Okay. Um, and uh, it was only two of us who disagreed with that. And. Uh, all of the creative team that we had working on it were emphatic that it should not be called Ministry of Sound because it had too much baggage, too many con connotations, too many preconceptions about where we'd come from. And actually, as I've always found... Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. 
PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's a lot of people who work in our business that were very down on our brand. You know, it represented something from the 90s. It represented a past era. It wasn't necessarily relevant for the product that we were doing now. But for me, I just thought, everyone's going to say this is Ministry of Sound's workspace. Yeah. It was the building that the ministry built. And then it, that's what happened. Well, it's the building that the ministry built. It's the ministry building. It was the ministry. Yeah. But that said, there is no branding in this building. There's no name above the door. Just the disco ball, which is really cool. Just the disco ball, but we put that up reluctantly as well. Mm. Our position was always, this is a workspace for creative and startup and small and medium-sized enterprises. Uh, and this is their office, this is their space. Now, if they choose to dial up the presence of our brand, that's their decision. Uh, but we're not forcing that down people's throats. I think there's nothing more awful than walking into a shared workspace with a big logo above the door. Somebody, I didn't say that. <laughs> well, some of them are really hard to find. Uh, I've spent many really, times walking around trying to find a WeWork. Where is this office? It's, it's, your, it's your decision whether you want to be associated with us or not. And uh, uh, so it's very subtle our branding but it's not like you've I mean there are a few music companies in there but it's like I was quite surprised that <coughs> it wasn't full of music companies as the name would suggest there's it's quite a diverse mix of like uh, different businesses in here right well most music companies haven't got any money so I can't build a business <laughs> based on that <laughs> so uh, it started off um, it started off with my contacts book really that's how I populated the first 30% of the building was just calling up friends and, uh, and persuading them on the basis of walking around a building site with a couple of uh, renders that yes. this would be a great place to work. Um, and some of them thankfully put their trust in us. Um, and, and we started off with the premise that this was, I mean, it, it, there were so many things that you said in your, uh, the first part of the podcast that resonated with me, launching a product when you're not ready, yeah. uh, being scared yeah. all the time, absolutely. <laughs> um, Did you not feel ready then when you launched? No, absolutely not, and we weren't. We were properly not ready, and it wow. was a complete shit show for the first <laughs> six months. Um, uh, and, uh, yeah, so not, not being ready, uh, developing your product while you're live, uh, uh, getting up at five o'clock in the morning, which is when I get up, because that, that's the best part of the day, and I get my best work done at that point. Really? It's um, really interesting. 
and always learning, always learning, always learning. And it, it's, you know, we're, we're all on the same continuum. I'm just a little bit further along, yeah. having done a few of these. But, uh, yeah, this has been a frightening business. But, again, having a North Star, yeah. and we're very clear what our North Star is yeah. on so, so this business. Tell us about some of those learnings then this year. Um, right, so when we started, we were going to be uh, a blend between a shared workspace and a private members club for the creative industries. Obviously, there are lots of private members clubs for the creative industries, but uh, we thought we could straddle that day and night experience and take people from a working environment into a social environment. That proved to be very difficult. And what, what we eventually realized was that the private membership, were, uh, those customers were the people who were paying us the least amount of money they were the people who were using the building the least. We saw them the least. And yet we were providing services for them that were costing us the most. So I take food, honestly, food. If you want to lose a lot of money really quickly, open a restaurant. Yeah, well, you did a restaurant. When I first came here oh, a year ago, it was a full oh, restaurant Oh, really upstairs. nice food, and then it stopped. Yes, yes. It's, it's very expensive providing really nice food to, <laughs> to people who don't come to eat it. <laughs> Because the fact is, in a workspace, so our, our workspace customers are here every day, um, and you know there's there's 800 people working in the offices upstairs. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, and those people, most of them, are part of SME businesses, and they can't afford to eat in a restaurant every day. 46% of them go to Tesco's and get a meal deal every day. So. Tesco's meal deals are, are, are subsidised meals to get people into their supermarket so that they fill their shopping baskets with other stuff. Yeah. And a meal deal is three quid. You can't build an F&B offering on a three-pound meal deal. So already we've got 50% of our customers upstairs who are just never going to shop with us because yeah. we can't do that. Uh, and, and, you know, they're certainly not going to sit down and have a Soho yeah. House type style yeah. meal every day and spend, you know, you go and have a sandwich and a Coke in a Soho House and you get a bill for 22 quid, including the service charge. Yeah. That's not our business model. And your private members, and we, we prided ourselves on being a private members club for um, creatives, startup, young creatives, Gen Z creatives in South London yeah. who can't afford to go to Soho House. They certainly yeah. can't afford to eat in a restaurant. Um, yet our restaurant was costing us £20,000 a week in overhead. Wow. So. I think so not just a, a, a painful learning at the same time, but a learning that you have to go through. Because now, like I said, I've eaten lunch here a lot the last kind of couple of months since it's been open. I think it's great price, great quality. But again, you've had to completely transfer and change that. Well, we, we, you, when, you, when you start a business, there's a lot of guesses that you make that are based on your instinct. Yeah. And then when you've launched, you've got customers, and then you go and ask your customers what they want, and they'll tell you what they think they want. Yeah. And then finally, I think the utopia that you get to is watching actually how they behave, rather than what they say, how they say they're going to behave, or what, what, how you think they're going to behave. That's and really what, And what we saw was our customers were workers, that they wanted a healthy food. So that's the other thing. You ask your customers, everyone says, we want vegan food. We want vegan food. 95% of our customers are meat eaters. Yeah. Yeah, the, the vegans shout loudest. And you need to provide options for vegans <laughs> and vegetarians. But that absolutely should not lead your food yeah. offer because the majority of people are still carnivorous. So people want healthy food. They want 
cheap food. That I, I'm not talking about food. I'm yeah. running a workspace. Yeah. Uh, they want uh, a freshly prepared food, uh, and they want to take it up to their desks. So, so, so in terms of we're making some of the big assumptions for our business. We've got the business model done. We've signed it off. I know there's other people in here who are creating business plans and financial plans on assumptions. How many of your original assumptions versus how like how close were you in any of them? Like, was there a percentage that you can go like? 100% of them were wrong, or was it 80% we got right? I don't know. Like we, we grade everything that we do on a three out, uh, to three out of ten on a, an out of ten basis. Okay. And when we opened this building, we were a three out of ten. I absolutely look back on that now, and I remember when we opened. Firstly, we only had 25 to 30% of the building full, yeah. and so it felt very nerve-wracking. You know, half the walls weren't up still, the IT wasn't working properly, the F&B, as I've said, was a bit of a nightmare, um, and, and very sporadic. And, you know, we had our customers coming down daily saying, mm, this doesn't work, yeah. and yeah. And so, I'd say where we are now is probably seven, seven and a half. Yeah. Um, no one ever gets to 10. The best you could possibly get to is a sort of eight and a half, nine. So I think we've done really well this yeah. year. Um, That's really interesting because I think a lot of people always aim for 10 and beat themselves up with actually, you can't get to 10. If you're hitting seven and a half, eight, you can be happy and then try to get that. Seven and a half, eight is still an incredible 80% you know, of what you think is a very good password. Still an A. Yeah. Is it still an A? An a? Yeah. Must be. <laughs> so what is the parallels in like music business to this business? Is there things that oh, you see the same? like in the way you promote it, the way that it works, or is it just completely different businesses? And how do you deal with that switch? Uh, I, it's very different. I mean, look, the music business was a, uh, you know, when I started in the music business, I was putting vinyl records in envelopes and calling up DJs and asking them to play them on pirate radio stations and on BBC radio yeah. shit place. Um, and, uh, you know, we navigated that transition through vinyl to cassette to CD to downloads, and then it was straight. I mean, the music business over that 30 years that yeah. I worked in it was, you know, never the same business no. uh, anyway. And the way uh, the way of marketing towards the end, and the way that you, you know, the, at the beginning, it was all about getting your record on the Radio 1 A list. Uh, it's funny, my, we still have a music publishing company, and. Um, our biggest artist, uh, Muramasa, has done a record with Slow Tie, which went on the A-list at Radio 1 yesterday, and yeah. it's on the A-list all the way through Christmas. And so those things still matter. Uh, uh, in the old days, they would have really, really, really mattered. Yeah. Uh, now it's just part of a mix and, you know, socials and, and, uh, and the streaming services and the playlists that you're on at the streaming services, yeah. all of those things. So that, that whole uh, methodology of marketing has changed completely in music. It's got no relevance to this business whatsoever. Where the principles are fundamentally the same is that um, your product has got to be exceptional. It's that everything's about product. Everything's about product. It's not about people say, oh yeah, but you've got a great brand. Um, and no, your, your brand is, gives you a sort of marketing leg up and it gives you, it opens some doors for you. But if your product is shit, uh, and we could talk about other shared workspaces. Uh, you know, people will have a crap experience and they will not come back to you. And so our North Star in this business is to make it the best place to work in the world. Yeah, nice. Uh, which is really clear. You know, if you can say something like that in a, you know, one sentence, yeah. a handful of words, the best place to work in the world, eight words, yeah. you know, that. 
And everything ladders up there. Everything ladders up there. From staff to food to So if someone has a bad experience because someone's been rude to them, someone has a bad experience because the IT doesn't work, someone has a bad experience because, um, you, know, you know, their sandwich wasn't very nice, if someone has a bad experience because the air conditioning in their office wasn't nice, we, we actually had to apply all of our hospitality learnings from running a nightclub to 24-hour hospitality in a workplace. You know, when people come to your nightclub, they're, they're not necessarily completely aware of what's going on around them. <laughs> it's dark. Kind of way of putting it. It's yeah. dark. Uh, it's the end of the evening. Um, Could be light then. You know, pe people in their workspace are extremely demanding. I was saying to um, my team in our end of year chat the other day, IT, for example. You know, IT is one of those things that when it's working, you don't think about, but when it's not working, you are disproportionately angry about. Yeah. Um, and so that has to run smoothly. It has yeah. to run smoothly all the time. And so you've got to keep the show on the road. And so product, 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 product. Yeah. The product's got to be impeccable. And then lovely touches, like the Christmas decorations upstairs. Yeah, I think You know, other incredible. workspaces don't do that. They cost us a fortune, but we've yeah. spent the last three months designing them. Yeah. No, I think it really yeah. makes a difference. I had a lot of comments today being in a little cabin, which is great. Is, it just, is it just this one as well? Like, in terms of the vision, you talk about your product. Is it, does it extend beyond this building? Oh, way, is that way beyond. Look, this is... We call this a show flat for what we want to do next. Okay. Um, you know, honestly, we this has developed over the last 18 months, and I would say if we knew everything that we know now, would we have, well, we certainly would have done things differently. We, we, we bowled into this on, on a gut rather than on with a really clear business strategy. When you say we, who's we? Is it a team? It's myself and James. It's two Lumbo. people. Wow. Uh, and, you know, the team that we've assembled around us to help us deliver it. Yeah. Um, and no, but where we want to go next is 10 times as big. Amazing. We want to build campuses with thousands of workplaces, with amenities in the center that are uh, uh, fantastically exciting. You know, we've, we've, halfway through being open here, we put a gym in the building, which has been hugely well received, and, and health and wellness and fitness and, and mental well-being is a massive part of what I think workplaces need to do in the future. Um, and we're developing uh, um, some new products that really enhance uh, mental well-being and take people on job. We're going to use the cinema as a test place to explore some of those ideas as well. But we envisage our future ministries being much grander than this with much broader amenity offerings and you know integrated you know other people say community when in workspace but community is not a neon slogan slogan on the wall saying we're all in this together it, it's actually an investment in community it's about supporting yeah. events like this that bring people like you all into yeah. our building to share your ideas, to develop your ideas, to make this a hub where stuff happens. That is mm. community. But you know, you don't get that from a gratuitous panel in a Regis, you know. No. And, and I know we've got to wrap up soon, but we'll just chat about, I mean, we can't mention too much about other workspaces, but I think one of the biggest things for us this year was looking at what happened to one of the biggest workspace brand. We, you know, we work, you know, we work had a, a massive, well, they were gonna IPO, and then they ended up pulling out, and then the financials because of the IPO got pulled apart, and it started to uncover this insanely bad financial problem, 
within their business. And does that does that part of it scare you at all? Seeing what happened to WeWork or just running a completely different business? And well, it's a business model as well, right? Business With model, WeWork, yeah. they fundamentally had. <laughs> um, look, I think you, you that that was uh, it was a fundamentally flawed business model. It was a lease arbitrage business model. It was about scale, scale, scale at all costs. I mean, I remember speaking to a senior sales guy at WeWork just after the, the collapse happened. And he said, he said, the problem is we're hiring 15 people a week and 14 of them are wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, the importance of people. The again, importance of people, you know, and we've changed our team a lot in the first year because we had to go through the experience of uh, thinking someone was good and, and finding out that they weren't. And the, you have to chop uh, uh, and make those decisions very quickly. Yeah. Um, and I think we've got a really, really solid team now. And look, you're never settled when you're building teams of people. But that was growth at any cost. And when you're growing at any cost and when you're hiring the wrong people and when you're opening buildings and that attention to detail goes and the product goes and then the experience is awful and then you're chasing numbers and you know we, we all read their prospectus and it, it nothing added up and so that was always going to come out in the wash but it's amazing how many people um thought they would get away with it and they yeah. nearly did, they nearly did. They yeah. nearly so this did. one especially with this building is about getting the business model right and the attention to detail so when you do scale it out it, you're able to do so efficiently yeah but you know property is not a tech business mm. and that's we work thought they'd fooled the property world into yeah. thinking that they were a tech and membership business they weren't they they had to invest uh billions and billions of dollars <laughs> in bricks and mortar uh and you 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 can't scale a property business without that detail and without enormous amounts of capital and so um we're we're not trying to do 40 of these next year um if we can do five in the next 10 years, but do them on a grand scale and do them brilliantly and beautifully in, the, in, in, in London and then in the next best cities in the world, we'll be hugely proud. You know, we've got, we've got nothing to prove other than doing and running our business the best that we can. Amazing. That's amazing. Well, I'm really, really glad to call this place my home, apart, away from home. Where do you um, sleep? Just in the cinema, mate. Don't right. tell anyone. Um, you've done an incredible job, and I've, like I said, I've been here from the beginning and been able to see the growth. And like I said, uh, I've gone to other members' workspaces, with, not to mention, and this is an incredible experience. I know um, you're very proud of what you've achieved, and good luck to you next year. Thank you so much for coming on the show. No, well, thank you for uh, supporting. Give it up for Lohan, everybody. Thank you. Yes, people, thanks for blessing us with your ears. Tell us what you think. Keep us in the loop. We'd love to get your stories, questions, and any topics you want us to discuss. Make sure you hit us up and leave a review on the podcast, and we'll see you next week. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 